Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. Hey, everybody. Richard Brooke here for... 78 heroes in network marketing we've interviewed. Tonight is number 78. We have with us tonight one of the true veterans of our profession. She's done it more than once, done it like three times, but this last time was the magic. This last time she's got a huge group. This is a lady that has been a leader in network marketing for many decades. She's seen all of it, all the companies, all the leaders, all the hype, all the answers, all the secret sauces. She's seen it all, and I think what we're going to hear tonight is her commitment to the basics and how she's used the basics to build an an absolute empire in network marketing. She hails from the company ASEA, which is, I believe, based in southern Idaho, or maybe it's in Salt Lake. She in lives Salt in Lake. Salt Lake City, the, of course, the mecca of network marketing. And I'll just tell you a little bit about her, and then I'll get her to tell us her story. She grew up in a small town in northern Utah, a socially challenged and shy child and in a, in a family that struggled financially, she slept on a hide-a-bed in an unfinished basement because there was only two bedrooms in her house. Her mom had mental illness that, that kind of forced Sue to grow up fast and be the, the mother of the family. And I think that's probably where she discovered her gift of leadership. Uh, she's a mom, she's a wife, and she is the rock star leader of a sales organization of over 65,000 people, active people, and almost the same number of customers, and a business that does seven to $8 million a month. Yep, seven to $8 million a month. And she's only been at it uh, for eight years. Eight years building ASEA, and that's the size of her group. I have to uh, put my disclaimer in. Uh, In these hero calls, ladies and gentlemen, we do interview exceptional people. And so we don't, by virtue of interviewing these people, we're not suggesting that everybody on the call can go out and have the same success that these people are having. But here is the message in the success that heroes have. Whatever it is that you want to do, whatever your goal is, you want to make $1,000 a month? Well, boy, if you study these people that have, you know, 50, 60, 100, 200,000 people on their team, they can probably tell you how to make $1,000 a month. You want to make $10,000 a month? They can probably show you how to do that too. And if you want to make $500 a month, they can obviously show you how to do that. So the purpose of us interviewing exceptional people is not to suggest that you can have the same success that they're having. These are unique people. These are extraordinary leaders. These are people that have overcome all of the odds and overcome major adversity. And, you know, becoming successful in network marketing was probably on their top three priorities in life, maybe top four priorities in life. And it certainly isn't that important to most people that are pursuing it. So I just want you to know that. Don't, don't interpret from us interviewing people that have just crushed it, that you will too. I guess what I would have you inter, uh, interpret from it is that you can if you pay the same price that they've paid. 
So I met Sue, um, gosh, I don't know, a few years ago. Struck me as uh, one of these uh, quiet, silent, powerful types, the type that listens, you know, maybe 95% of the time. And when she does talk, people listen. And they listen because she's not always talking. So it's profound when she has something to say. And she also has absolutely extraordinary experience in our business. And she's built a multi, multi, multi-million dollar business. And so anything she has to say is something we all want to pay attention to. So with that, I give you Sue Brenchley. Sue, you are here. Thank you. You're so welcome. So tell us... Um, Tell us a little story. Um, you know, let's um, let's start at the first time you got involved in network marketing because that's that's probably the story that people can relate to the most because most people on this call are trying to figure out how to turn their first network marketing venture into an extraordinary success. So what I want to know is who were you? And what were you doing in life when you were first introduced to network marketing? And then I want to know who actually introduced you. The name is not important, but, I, but we want to know, how did you know this person? And then the okay. last part of the story is, what exactly did they say that had you be willing to take a look? Okay, so... You know, several times in my life, people had wanted to come and talk to me about money, um, you know, and I had several people that uh, wanted to come and, quote, draw circles, and, you know, a lot of times my initial, uh, the, the initial approach with me was a little underhanded. Um, back in the day, it, it wasn't out there as, as easily. Um, and then there were some really incredible things that happened to me um, at, at the beginning of my career, the very first company. And I love telling this story because it is real and it is that transformative moment in time that everybody has to have in order to make a step and a turn in a new direction. Everybody's going wherever they're going, mostly out of habit, sometimes out of stress. Sometimes they have a goal in their life, but most people um, don't. And in fact, um, real recently, uh, someone did this, uh, this amazing uh, quote and he said, we're all fighting against the measuring stick of self-worth that someone else gave us. So here I am, you know, in my early 30s. I had uh, survived a lot during childhood, and my, my struggles as a young mom were no different than my struggles growing up. I had premature twins um, after several years of infertility challenges, and then right after that, I had a baby with birth defects, and his challenges were pretty extreme. Uh, when he was 18 months old, his one hospitalization was nine months. So I had three-year-old twins at home. Um, you know, it was just life was really hitting me hard, financially, emotionally, physically. There wasn't an avenue that I wasn't challenged at. I was working graveyard shifts to pay medical bills. So I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. My hormone imbalances had, had gotten even worse, and I found myself at 32 years old having a total hysterectomy in the middle of all the stress, and that just escalated things further. So at, at that point in time, the most pressing need for me was a solution for my health challenge. And I was talking to a friend. Um, I had a uh, part-time job managing a pediatric practice at that point in time. And I was talking to my friend who had just moved about an hour and a half from, my, from where we lived. And she started telling me about this product that she had been on and how this guy was coming to do a meeting. And, you know, and she didn't invite me. This is the funniest part of this 
story. She didn't invite me. She just randomly talked about this product that she was having great results with. And I said, well, tell me, tell me a little bit more about this product, and is this, is this a meeting I could come to? I had to invite myself to the That's meeting. a good technique. I know, and it was this was this was like 1989. You know, this was the this was back in the day when the only tools we had were cassette tapes. I mean, CDs didn't exist. There were no cell phones. I mean, it was a very different time of life. Right. So she she said absolutely. You know, I could come, and so I drove in a snowstorm an hour and a half. This was in November and an hour and a half to go to this meeting because there was just something in me that was searching for an answer. And, and, you know, when I train people now, I always train them about a thing I call the looking zone. It's like every human being is looking for something. They're looking for something to make or improve their life. And if you can find out what they're looking for and you can help them solve whatever problem they have, which most of our companies can do and elevate them, that is what it is all about. So I, you know, I walked into this meeting, and it was a fairly long meeting. It probably lasted two hours, which our attention span wouldn't even handle in this day and age. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember at the end of that meeting going, I just learned more about how my body worked and how to support it and how to get a different outcome than I had learned in going to doctors for 20 years. Right. And so I went to the person who I had talked to, my friend, and I said, I, I, I want to sign up and get this product. And she said, well, I'm just a customer. I haven't signed up yet. And I said, well, I need to sign up. This makes sense. I know people who are struggling with the same issues that I have. They're going to want information. So she signed up, and then I signed up, and... I bought six of everything, and I took it home, and I started calling my friends and saying, you're not going to believe what I just found. Here's a cassette tape, and here's, here's a really funny thing. So the next morning, my husband gets up at 5 o'clock to go to work, and so I get up with him, and I say, on the way to work, I want you to listen to this cassette. I think I found a solution to my problems. So he went off to work. I went about my day. He comes home 12 hours later. The garage door goes up. I actually met him in the garage, and I said, so what would you think? And he says, I don't trust it. It claims to cure everything. And I said, no, you missed the point. It It was a network marketing product in the 80s that claimed to cure everything? (laughs) Well, you know, it's like when you start realizing what happens from a certain imbalance, there's a lot of symptoms that can you know, to, can come from that. And okay, he just, let he me was, ask you something. So, so sure. um, how, what was your attitude about network marketing at the time? You lived in Utah. You had to know all about network marketing. Were you a cynic, a skeptic, or neutral, or open? I was very open. I was always a little bit of an entrepreneur. It always made sense that, um, you know, this could work. I just didn't have experience or a trust level at that point in time to believe some of the big stories that we hear in the industry. But I didn't care about that. I just cared, man, if I can make a little extra money and I can solve my problems and I can help people, you know, my big vision for... Um, where I wanted to go in in this business didn't come till I was, you know, probably in the business for over a year. And that was when, you know, you start reading books, you start learning about people, you start hearing their stories. And, you know, it was, it was really, John K. Lynch was probably the very first person that just took my brain to a whole different level <laughs> on what was possible for the business side of it. Right. But he was I a had a generic trainer at the time. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, it's funny to look back now and think, you know, I mean, just with pure ignorance and passion, I had 3,000 people in my organization. Now, this was a company whose, you know, requirement for the month was like $22. So these were like little little transactions, but because of because of the fact that I was so passionate about helping people, you know, I 
you know, I was making a few thousand dollars, um, you know, within the first year. And mm-hmm. back in that time, a few thousand dollars was a lot of money. So tell us, Sue, about the um, what you call the looking glass or um, however you describe that. What is the what are some of the ways that you do that? So if I am somebody on your radar, somebody you've met, somebody you're chatting with on social media or you want to chat with on social media, or I'm in your circle, how do you find out what I'm looking for? Well, and, and you know, as, as I think about the looking zone and just trying to figure out, there's within the looking zone there are three places. Um, one of them is way up high, one's way down low, and you're looking for the people right in the middle. Those are the people that are dissatisfied, they're hungry, they're challenged, they, they're willing to do something. The, the bottom people are the people that are, they have a very poor mentality and they just want to be victims. And you can't help someone who wants to be a victim. The, at the top of the page when I draw this out, it's, it's like those are the people whose life is in flow right now. They're, they're in a place where they're focused on success and they're not necessarily looking for anything in the moment. But this middle group, those are the people. And so it's really easy to have a conversation and just ask a question, simple question like, if there were one thing in your life that you would want to improve right now, what would it be? And then listen to them. You know? <laughs> yeah, listen, right. Yeah, because, you know, our business is more successful if we ask good questions and then we listen to find out, is there something that I can offer this person? They may or may not accept it. They may or may not want it. But as all you've got to do is put yourself in the position to look at everybody and say, how can I help? How can I help that person? And, and for me, I had a lot of needs. And I was, I was a very driven person to solve my, my problems and everybody else's. Um, so that, that has been one of the most amazing things because think about how you feel when someone cares enough about you. And too many times, especially in our industry, we talk about the money too much instead of realizing the money is the byproduct of what we do. If, if, if your goal is to go chase money, then you're usually going to not find the long-term success that you will find when you're just trying to solve people's problems and allow the, the financial success. You know, even, even if you look at me, you know, building a, a few different companies multiple times, developing the relationships is what has created my success. It's not, it's not that I am so much more um, gifted or I work harder. I mean, I do work and I don't quit. And I think those are the two things. It's developing relationships. There, there was a relationship that I developed in my very first company and then we didn't work together for 12 years. But just because we weren't working together didn't mean that that wasn't an important relationship, enough to call periodically and find out how the kids were and, you know, what was going on in life. And in this particular case, we, we both loved comp plans. So, you know, we would, we would use each other as a sounding board even though we weren't in the same company. And then all of a sudden, 12 years later, there's a moment in time where I had something to solve his problem and that escalated the relationships that ended up building my business right now. Got it. So the question you asked Sue about, um, so if there was one thing that you could change in your life, what would it be? Tell us about, I have a sense that people listening on the call are visualizing themselves asking somebody that question, and they're feeling uncomfortable asking somebody that question, like maybe they're thinking, well, that's a little bold, well, that's a little arrogant, that's a little nosy, um, who am I to ask people uh, 
what they want to change in their life. And, you know, I think you and I could both address this with lots of different viewpoints, but you obviously don't have a story that keeps you from asking that question. So what is your story about you that allows you to gracefully and lovingly ask that question? Okay, so I I think there's a couple of things. Um, one of them was, and this very first company, the the it's not a network marketing company anymore, although the company's still in business and they had great products, and they were the first one with a natural progesterone cream. And we all know that women have all of these hormone issues. It's like a universal problem, kind of like weight loss is. You know, everybody or the majority of people have a um, problem. So this is the funny part of the answer, which was I would actually walk up to total strangers because I was so confident in the fact that I had something that everybody could benefit from. I would walk up to strange men and I would say, hey, can I ask you a question? And again, it, it's, it's like just being able to ask permission to ask a question you know, at at one point in my life probably wasn't a comfortable thing, and now I can just do it over and over. Mm -hmm. But I would would ask the question, I would say, do you have a wife or girlfriend? And almost all men have a wife or a girlfriend, right? (laughs) Yep. Yep. And I would say, by any chance, does she have PMS? And guess what? Nine out of ten men would just start laughing. Well, of course she does. Doesn't everybody? So it's asking the questions that you can, um, you know, have almost a a conversation where it's not so serious. I I see too many people walking up and seeing somebody that has a medical challenge and, you know, they want to fix them. And, you know, we're all loving human beings, but it works out so much better if we can have a good laugh about something. And so they would laugh and I'd say, oh, this is your lucky day because guess what? I have something that could improve that situation for you. Would you listen to this cassette tape? So, you know, you've got to have that tool. And now that we've got technology, it's so easy to text somebody and just ask them to watch a you know, three or four minutes, five minutes of information. And if that person is interested, you take it to the next level and the next level. Well, back then, you know, I had this long cassette tape called Secrets, and then it was subtitled Secrets That Your Mother Never Told You Because No One Ever Told Her. And that is what, that's how I had 3,000 people in my business early on, is, is that simple, simple, here's some information, and we're either going to want to have a conversation again or not. The other part of the answer to that really came from a point in time where now all of a sudden I've got this business, it's accidental, I'm reading some books, I'm trying to make sense of it, I'm starting to hear stories from other people, I'm running into some very successful people in the industry, and I'm wanting what they have. And at the same time, I've got four kids with problems at home, a husband, a part-time job, bills. You know, I'm just the normal person that is on overload. And now I'm adding this new thing to my life, and my husband is finally going, honey, like, you can't be doing all of this extra stuff. I never get to see you. You know, the kids are stressed out because you don't have as much time for them. And I'm in this dilemma. And and then finally one day, all of a sudden I went, okay, I just haven't asked God what he wants me to do. So I had a conversation that night, and that night I had a dream. And I, in the dream I died, and... I was floating through the clouds getting to heaven. And when I got to heaven, the only thing waiting for me in heaven were hundreds of babies. There was not an adult. And, of course, this is just a dream, but it was very (laughs) vivid. I still remember it very vividly. And I just remembered thinking, okay, now what do I do? And one of the little babies came over. I picked him up, and he said, we all just came to thank you for helping our moms have us. And the dream was over like that. I sat up in bed. It was 4 a.m., and it was like knowledge of, I'm in my 30s. 
if I live to be 70, 80 years old and I keep teaching people who teach others who teach others because it didn't take long for the model of this progressive uh, building platform to make sense in my brain. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, you know, in that moment, I think there were six people in my organization that I knew that, you know, the doctors didn't think they could get pregnant and because their their bodies were now working better, all of a sudden were pregnant. And so I had this epiphany, this, you know, not everybody's going to have that moment in time where their destiny is so defined. But I got up, I took a shower, and I went and quit my job that day, and I haven't looked back. What did you decide out of that vision? Like, did you, like, lock on to a purpose, like a long-term vision? Like, what did you decide out of it? It, it was. It, it was the purpose of helping people because I don't believe that we are just randomly on this earth with no purpose to, to define us. And, you know, as... So that that little moment in time gave me the little glimpse of what that product could do. And then pretty quick, there was another product that showed up in a different company that was profound enough for me. I didn't have to have a dream. I just knew the impact that my message was going to carry to people. And then, again, it, it was like, here I am, this mom who is now finding out all about tax benefits and the fact that, you know, women who work are basically bringing home a net dollar an hour and having someone else raise their kids. So my my second platform became so driven by the business success that the products kind of took a back row that, yes, that's important, but more than that, it's like I'm a, I'm a baby boomer. I'm a product of the Industrial Revolution. I, you know, our times are changing. And so the longer I'm in network marketing, the more passionate I get about the model and wanting to tell people, look, you know, you can you can be asleep and you can struggle and, you know, you can be unhappy or you can come over here and make a, a financial impact at the same time. My personal development, like I called my car Automobile University, and, yep. you know, I would constantly be listening to cassette tapes first and then CDs as my car advanced. And, you know, I remember the, you know, the, the CD that you had where Bill Clinton was on it. I mean, I just, I never listened to the radio. I was, I was either on the phone after cell phones were invented, talking to someone about the business, or I was being trained doing what was needed and that's that's where my serious passion um, comes from is knowing that we are on the verge of really taking this little home-based business paradigm and taking it to the next level yeah and <clears throat> I mean for those of you um, listening to Sue's um, her vision and her passion and just I just want to connect some dots for you so you know, if you find that the story in your head sounds something like, oh, I don't know if I should talk to this person. I don't know if they'll listen to me. I don't know if this is the right time. I don't know how I'll look in the conversation. And then because of those rhetorical questions, you don't talk to people. I just want you to pay attention to the story that Sue carries with her. You know, years ago, it was helping women get pregnant by balancing their hormones. And she was so invested and so passionate about that story that, you know, whether or not people were interested or people would listen or whether it was a good time or how she would look because she asked them, notice how that just probably never occurred to her. The only thing that occurred to her was how she could serve. And... Now, you know, the last eight years, perhaps it's more about, you know, it's not about progesterone cream or wild yam cream or whatever it was back then, but it's about financial freedom, which that, you know, that's, that doesn't have to be 20 grand a month. That could be two grand a month. 
you know, the fam- so many families are struggling with, they're struggling with debt. They're, they're working jobs. They don't like to work. They're burned out. They're trying to keep their kids propped up. They're thinking about how they're ever going to pay for a college education for their kids, which is going to be, you know, if you got kids now, it's going to be a quarter, a million, half a million dollars by the time your kids are of age. And we have, no matter what company you're with, we have the best opportunity for people to generate wealth. Because, gosh, if you just developed a couple of thousand dollars a month in asset income from building a team of a few hundred people, that $2,000 a month is, you know, that's worth over a half a million dollars. You'd have to have a half a million dollars invested somewhere, real estate or equities, to, to churn that kind of cash flow for you and your family. We have the best opportunity on the planet. And so, you know, a question I have for everybody is, what's the story you have about your opportunity? What's the story you have about how you can serve people financially? And maybe what paralyzes you is you think you have to deliver a story about getting rich. And not only don't you have to do that, but you're not well served to do that. If you do what Sue talked about, just find out what people want, what people need, you'll probably find that most people's lives can be turned completely inside out and get on the fast track for for everything beautiful with an extra thousand, two thousand bucks a month. And so, you know, Sue, for you to study the stuff that you've studied, like your car was your university. You know, that's where you learn these stories. You learn these stories that can drive you to want to serve people and help people and talk to people by listening to people that already have the stories. So so tell us about some of the people. You uh, I was looking at your stats, you've in your first four years you you were not a like a massive enroller. You you didn't personally sponsor what we recommend in the four-year career, you know, in your first couple of years, you better be on a pace to be personally enrolling 100 or 80 to 100 people. You've only enrolled like 65 people, at least in your first four years, but you ended up with four great leaders out of that. Right. So do, do you have some stories about who those people were and how you changed their life? By introducing them to this opportunity? And and I like to look at it more like they changed my life. And 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 here's kind of the difference too. In nineteen ninety eight I started with a foundational company, another company out of Utah, that I still I mean, next year it will be my twentieth year of having residual income come to my home every single month. And I built that company for only four years. So when you, you know, when you look at the four-year career, um, it is so real that if you get in and you work hard and you develop, and I didn't tear that company apart. Um, there were a couple of people that followed me, uh, you know, as I left. But I didn't, there wasn't an abrupt leaving. My My transition happened because all of a sudden, uh, my dad was diagnosed with a terminal illness, and I wanted to take a little bit of time uh, to be with him. And when you've got residual income, there is nothing better in this world than being able to have the most important things in your life be the priority, which were my kids, it was my family, it was my dad. Well, I didn't know, but my dad died, and then my sister died, and then my mom died. And so what started out being kind of a short I'm going to take a break turned out to be a pretty long break and that's what precipitated me um, going on a search and coming to where I am now now if I hadn't sponsored hundreds of people over that first 20 years then this company would be a little different story if I were starting from scratch because I probably wouldn't have come across those leaders or attracted those leaders or been in a, in the position that I am. But for, for this, this was 20 years of developing relationships so that when 
I approached them and it was a time in their life where they were dissatisfied or wanting to reengage in the industry. And then it, it, it's like it always works out. It's me talking to one person who then knows another person who then knows another person. And so these leaders in my organizations are deep. And, you know, you've, you've seen, and, and, you know, I don't know if everybody on this call really understands the fact that 80% of any million-dollar earner's income usually comes from somewhere between three and five people that they've enrolled. Right. And so, you know, there's, there's statistics over time that, that say that, you know, there's a, there's a 10,000-hour um, kind of rule in life that you've got to do something 10,000 hours to get really good. And you can go back and you can look at the Beatles. You can look at anybody who has serious success. If you go back and look at their history, they didn't give up. They kept going at what it was that they were driven to do when everybody told them to quit. So for me, this this time around in in what is my final um, company and my legacy and something that I will leave to the world, it happened more because of de- of defining moments that led up to the opportunity that I say changed my life. And right. I will never, you know, even though I am, I am passionate about developing systems for people and I am, I am really the grassroots person who, you know, if it's not working for the grassroots, then we have a problem. And then you've got a company that goes through the formative stages, which are not easy. And, you know, we're, we're solving problems and we're building this company. It's like building a house. You know, you don't get to enjoy it at the beginning. It was hard work to get those first few people to catch the vision. And then all of a sudden, you know, leaders came in and it's kind of taken on a life of its own. The, the exciting part is we, we have not even started. We have not even gotten to the point where I know we're going and that is in the next couple of years as we have developed and defined and messaged and and figured out how to take something very unique to the marketplace and going into that momentum phase it's it's like over the next two years I'll probably sponsor as many people as I have up until this point in time okay so let me shift gears a little bit and ask you this. In um, well, you take your whole career, so it's relatable to everybody listening. What's the biggest mistake you've ever made? And might be a one-time blunder. Might have been a bad habit didn't necessarily cost you money, might have cost you health, might have cost you relationships, might have cost you your integrity. What's the biggest mistake you've ever made? Oh, let's see. The top of the list, because I have made many. Um, I, I think my biggest mistake that I've ever made in this industry was getting too, um, too focused on the challenges. And I didn't roll with things as easily as maybe some people would. I've, I, I got very um, focused on the details and trying to fix things, um, you know, trying to know too much, um, trying to want it more for people than they wanted it for themselves, uh, feeling like I had some kind of control in the outcome. And, you know, it, it, it took a long time to... Um, you know, even even this this past year has been one of my more defining um, years, and a lot of that was because of going to your uh, transformational retreat and seeing people, seeing 
our our human connectedness at a level that I that I hadn't done before. And you know, this year, uh, my my real focus has been on letting go instead of trying to control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> We did flush that out at the retreat, didn't we? <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't know, there's probably a lot of people that can relate to that. Um, tell everybody, what impact has that shift made on your life, on your family, on your health, on your mental health, on your business? Oh, it's, I mean, you know, the, the, the last six months have been dramatically different. And I can, I can actually say that, you know, I got so into a place of just stress 24-7, always worried about something, always um, not sleeping well. Um, I had gained weight. Um, you know, I, w- I was I was trying to numb the pain that my dysfunction was creating, and not even really understanding that. But you know, when when we get into a positive flow, and I can go back to, you know, my life was kind of like a roller coaster. But there were these moments in time. I remember when I when I met my husband and. You know, we first got married, and even though, you know, infertility was a challenge, the freedom that we had just to enjoy each other and be spontaneous. And, you know, I, all of those years of medical issues and doctor's offices, it, you know, it, it took the Sue that was alive and started slowly beating her up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where everybody's got something that beats them up and it's our it's 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 our reaction to it and it's and it's how we manage it or how we you know i i understood the concept of letting go i just had not mastered being able to really let it go and know that you know somebody was going to catch me i was always the person catching other people or trying to be overly responsible. And, you know, I I think there was a point in time since the retreat that I really had an an epiphany of the fact that, you know, as we move through life, something defines our self-worth. And the only thing, unless I was doing something that actually like was measurably benefiting some somebody. I didn't think that they thought I had worth. And, you know, in when we did the retreat and everybody opened up and finding out we all have crappy stuff happen in our lives. We're not we're not just little islands and it's just happening to us. It's happening to everybody. And so the more we can connect on that human level, the better. And, you know, we've, we've said forever, this business is primarily about personal development. And if you don't develop, you're not going to get to the success that you uh, deserve. Right. And yeah. everybody <clears throat> well, what, what, you know, our teams need from us is, you know, they need product knowledge and they need comp plan knowledge and they need training on how to build the business. But I think the most important thing our teams need from us is they need to see us function as human beings, as leaders that that they can aspire to, that they can be peaceful around. They don't need drama. They don't need blaming. They don't need leaders that are always stirring it up or gossiping or, you know, and... So for us to become those people that other people admire and aspire to be like, we have to handle our stuff. And, you know, I appreciate you uh, recognizing the retreat, Sue, because whether it's a retreat or it's a coach or uh, something, we, we don't, we don't, we're not capable as human beings of handling our own stuff. We can't coach, we can't coach ourselves. <laughs> 
it doesn't work. You got to get in a conversation with somebody else, and maybe it's a coach, or maybe it's just a good friend, or maybe you go spend a week with ten really good friends and flush it all out. So tell us, what's the smartest thing you've done? And I know you've probably covered it already, but maybe think of something you haven't covered in your whole career. Maybe it's something you did once. Maybe it was a habit. Maybe it made you a lot of money, helped a lot of people. Maybe it was something else uh, around family or health. What's the smartest thing you've ever done? Oh, well, I, I would say that there are two things that come to mind. The first one is I didn't quit, and that one is going to apply to everybody. It's like the smartest thing that you will ever do is not quit when you feel like quitting because you're, we all have those moments where it's like we get our feelings hurt, it's not working, it's not worth it. You know, we, we tell ourselves all of these stories. But when your vision and your dream becomes big enough that you're not going to quit on that and you've seen it, it if, if you can see other people achieve something or do something, it's just like when they broke the four-minute mile, then everybody broke the four-minute mile. So just look around. More than ever before, people are succeeding in this industry and at this business. But the defining moment um, was making choices that had integrity attached to them. So and now I knew you were going to say that. Tell us more <laughs> about that. Well, there, there have been many times when, you know, you'll have a choice, and, and probably one of the, the most key ones, I, I had uh, just before I came into the company that I'm with right now, I had spent three years. I had built a team of about 30,000 people. We were doing about a million dollars a month, but there were some huge integrity issues uh, with an, an alignment with me and that company. And, you know, I, I hung in there. I'm not a quitter. Um, but there, there came a defining moment in the history of that company where a lot of people started leaving and, there, you know, and we see this happen in in and to companies. And this was this this was an, an educational moment for me as well because I had to stand back and go, you know what? I'm not running. It does look like I'm going to be in a position where I'm going to have to leave this company because of these issues. But. Instead of doing what everybody else was doing, I sat back and said, you know what, I'm just going to take a break. We're going to have the holidays. The first of the year, I'm going to go on a search, and I'm going to be more specific about what I want in the company that I'm going to partner with. I've, I've got this knowledge, and I want something that is incredible, and that is how I ended up being positioned at the early stages of the company that I'm at now. And the alignment was perfect for me, um, a, a company that believes and, and somewhat preaches integrity and not that there's any perfect company or a company without problems. But it's like you have to look at yourself in the mirror every day and you have to put your head down at night and at least know that you lived within your integrity frame. And I believe that that is always rewarded. I think when you always put people ahead of your paycheck and you care about them and you do your best, that it, it is what defines you and makes you okay. And I, even without the money that I'm making, I would still feel good about my path. And so, you know, I, I've, I've had so many moments and so much gratitude for what I do have. And, you know, and it's not that, I mean, those, those are the things that come when you don't give up. I work hard, um, sometimes probably too hard, some people work smarter than me, um, <laughs> but it, but it's like 
you know, if you follow your heart and your passion and you care about people, and at the end of the day, not everybody is going to align with us, but you know when you're in a, a kind of a safe place. And one, one of my leaders um, put this on Facebook this morning. She said, the secret of happiness is to count your blessings while others are adding up their troubles. And that is, it's just words of wisdom that, you know, I love this industry. I love what products and, and evolution and all of that happens. So if there's one thing I've done right, it's not quit and follow my heart. Not quit. Follow your heart. Make decisions of integrity. Beautiful stuff, Sue Brinchley. Thank you. Well, thank you. Got, uh, if you had like um, one minute to address people on this call, just visualize everybody on this call. It's not just people that are on live tonight, but it's people that will ever access any of these 78 hero calls on iTunes. So somebody might be listening somewhere in the world a year from now or five years from now or ten years from now. And most likely, if they're listening to this call, they're looking for what's the secret sauce? Like, what what do I need to do to, like, get myself up and engaged and on fire and talking to people in a powerful, graceful way that has them respond? And how can I get to that place before I feel like I have to quit? Like, so if you had a minute to speak to all those people, what would you tell them? Um, I would tell them that there is a formula that I think is critical. And the very first part of the formula is mindset, and it starts with yours. And you may have something, some experience like I did at the beginning where your passion is just on fire, and you may be somebody who needs a little bit more logic, but it's getting the mindset right and finding finding mentors and and that is another thing that i did right was i found people who had done it who were successful and i asked for their time successful people will always give you their time and their nuggets if you are sincere about wanting to get to where they are they're so generous so Get your mindset. The skill sets will come just based on lots of different things. Every, every company has different um, basic skills and basic processes that will do it. And then the final thing is a thing I call the power of four, which is, or the power of five, which is four plus one plus one plus one plus one plus one until, which means that the numbers are so important and critical to just keep going until you've got those five key, those three to five key people that really are partners, that are serious about the business, that are going to go the distance, that are going to go past you. You know, when, when I look at my five top producers, I, the, the top of the top producers don't need me at all. They, they, they outwork me, and every successful network marketer will tell you the same thing. You become irrelevant. You become uh, the person that just gets to watch this happen. But you, don't, you just don't know when that next person is. So don't get too attached to them, but that is an equation. Mindset do the skills, do the power of five, and don't quit. <laughs> That's good stuff. So we have uh, five minutes left, four minutes left maybe. Um, turn the tables on you. You didn't have a chance to think about it, so this has to come straight from your intuition. You got a question for me that I can answer for the people following you and listening to your call tonight? Actually, I do. Um, I always have a question prepared for people that I engage with at your level. Um, my question is, technology is changing our industry. It's changing the opportunity, and I think this change had to come 
for the masses to really succeed. And I think we're at that tipping point. So what, how do you feel about technology? What are the best technologies? How do we embrace them? How do we have our companies embrace them? How does social media become a positive and not a negative? Hmm. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say that I'm an expert on technology, especially not social media. Um, so I'll probably answer it philosophically. I think technology is um, provides network marketing with a quantum leap forward. It does, as you said, uh, provide access to our opportunity from for for people who may not have had access, people that don't know two or three or four hundred people in their community or around the country or maybe people whose jobs keep them confined you know they don't get out and meet people or they just they're just not the kind of person that has the confidence or the the ability to go out and meet people and just you know go around the community and stir things up social media internet marketing um you know, there's a lot of different ways to use it. And, and you know, what I, my experience has been that uh, there's no one secret way to use technology and the Internet and social media to build a business. I mean, I know people that, you know, they swear that you should never talk about your product on your Facebook page, that you should never say who your company is that you should always just keep it all a mystery and hope that people will private message you. Kind of like maybe a little bit what the gal did that interested you first about the business. And then I have, you know, clients and retreat alumni and people that I work with in Bliss Business that, uh, and you know some of these people, Sue, they, they have hundreds of thousands of people on their team and hundreds of thousands of fans on Facebook and that's all they do is promote their product on Facebook. So there's no one way to do it. There's a lot of different ways to do it. And I think, you know, it's a huge boost to our profession. And we need to look at every technology and look at every opportunity and, you know, ask ourselves through the filter of, you know, is this going to put my message in front of more people? And I think, you know, that's the basic, that's the essence of technology. Like, how does it help us as network marketers? Well, if it allows us to com communicate with more people quicker, um, then it's a huge advantage. You know, it's like, you know, email was a huge technological advance. I could send one email and, you know, 500 people would get it or 5,000 people would get it. And when you and I got started, you know, the technology was, you know, how many cassette tapes can you put in an envelope and send to different people? That was technology. The U.S. mail was technology. And so what we want to look for is those breakthroughs where we can communicate because, in, you know, the bottom line is everybody out there is looking for something like you said, and everybody out there is is usually looking for what we have to offer. Because if you look at the products of most network marketing companies, not all, but most, they are products that are going to make people look better and feel better, live longer, you know, just basically have a higher quality of life experience. And so, you know, go talk to 100 people and ask them, do you want a higher quality of life experience? Do you want more energy? Do you want to sleep better? Do you want to feel better? Do you want your face to look better? Do you want to look younger? Do you want to live longer? And if they, if they tell you the truth, what are those 100 people going to say? Yeah. Yes. So they want what we have. And then you could ask them, hey, how would you feel about a company sending you $1,000 a month for the rest of your life? How would that change your finances? How would that change your debt structure? How would that change your education? How would that change your peace of mind? Like, what would that do for your family? You know, out of 100 people, how many people want the extra $1,000 a month? Everybody wants it. So everybody has what we want. The challenge is in the moment that we offer it, regardless of how we offer it. We plaster it all over our Facebook page or we're coy and secretive about it or whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, you and I, Sue, we've we've interviewed you know so many people in this profession. You know, go go interview 
a thousand people that make 10 grand or more a month in network marketing and ask them if they could actually remember it, what was the exact line that somebody used that had you take a look? And none of them are textbook lines. I mean, it's better if you say things that are better. But the bottom line is you just got to get in front of people. You got to talk to people. It doesn't really matter what you say. The, the challenge, though, is that in the moment that we're talking to people, they're not necessarily listening. It's kind of like, you know, we, we, it's like, kind of like driving by a hitchhiker, you know. We drive by hitchhikers and we open the door at 80 miles an hour. You know, we just blow into people's lives and, hey, you got to look at this product, you got to look at this opportunity, and they're not thinking about that right now. They're not thinking about living longer, looking better, feeling better. They're thinking about work tomorrow and getting dinner ready tonight, and what am I going to do about my kid who's getting D's, or, you know, a million other things. They're not thinking about, they're not thinking beautiful, ambitious, visionary thoughts and so in the moment that we talk to them, they just don't hear it. They don't get it. And they don't, they don't say that. You know, prospects don't say, you know what, Sue, uh, this really sounds fast. And, you know, really, I want whatever you're offering, I really want. But the problem is right now, you know, I'm so focused on what I'm doing, I can't even process a legitimate response to your invite. They don't say that. What they say is, I don't have any time. I don't have any money. I don't like to sell things to my friends. You know, oh, I don't want to do one of those things. That's what they say. But they don't really mean that. What they mean is, look, you just caught me off guard here because you just thought it was a fine time to invite me to take a look at your products or your opportunity. But it's not a fine time, not in this very moment. But that's why I teach that your best prospects, always your grade A five-star prospects are people who have already said no yes. because they already know what you sell and they already know what you do. And if you treat them honorably, like, like respect the fact that the first time you talk to them may not have been a good time and just ask them if you can follow up later when maybe it's a better time and then keep asking them that. Like you say, Sue, you know, your 12-year relationship ended up being your best leader in your biggest success ever. Well, your best prospect might be somebody that you follow up with, touch base with, just ask them if now's a good time every two or three months for a year or two. And technology allows us to do that. It allows us to get our message in front of way more people. It allows us to follow up with way more people. It allows us to keep track of what we said to people. You know, allows us to keep track of their birthdays, their spouses' names, their, where they live, what color car they have. I mean, it's phenomenal. And I think we all need to embrace every new technology that comes along that actually puts our message in front of more people in, a, in an appropriate way. And then, of course, we have to balance technology with heart. We have to balance technology with listening. We have to balance technology with being present for people. John Naisbeth said it best, you know, 30 years ago, high-tech, high-touch. The more high-tech we are, the more high-touch we have to be. We have to keep it in balance because we're dealing with human beings, not computers, not robots. And what human beings want is they want to, they want to be known. They want to be loved. They want to be accepted. They want to be touched. They want to be connected with. They want to be heard. And technology doesn't do that. We do that. Perfect Is that too answer. long of an answer? No, I, lo I love it. I, I got some nuggets. Thank you. <laughs> I love hey, it. I love you, Sue, and I miss you, and I um, appreciate you joining us tonight and giving your wisdom and your heart, your, your challenges, your failures, your successes, and your lessons to all that have the courage to listen. Well, thank you. This was my honor. Beautiful. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes podcast. If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying yes 
the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step -step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue.